The Business of Marriage, show number four. Welcome to The Business of Marriage, where we understand that working on your marriage is an income-producing activity. And now, here's our host, your marriage mentor, Dino Watt. Marriage tip. Are you actually doing date nights or just nights out? So often people get into the trap of believing that because they go out every Friday night to a movie and a dinner, that that's a date night. But remember when you were first dating and how exciting it was and how you were creative and you wanted to take them out on great trips and exciting adventures? You made it a date. You made it a moment to remember. Now, you've got kids, you've got life, you've got work. You just want to get away from your normal life. So what do you do? You just end up going on what I call a night out not very memorable. It's just a reason to get out. So my challenge to you is go start having at least once a month real date nights. Date nights that are planned ahead where you make sure that you call for the babysitter way ahead of time. You even call them to make sure that their schedule is open for a date with you. You call for reservations. You make sure that everybody knows you are going on a date with your sweetheart. All right, welcome everybody once again to the business of marriage, uh, marriage advice for entrepreneurs. And we're excited about our show today because uh, I've actually known these two for quite a while. And we should actually hang out a lot more since we know each other so much, right? We'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, Dr. Paul and Jenkins and his wife Vicki are here and we're excited to have them. Now, Paul is a psychologist. True. So I don't know if that makes him crazy or the people he talks to crazy, but you know we'll figure that out. Well, there's and, a lot of assumptions there we ought to probably discuss <laughs> later on. <laughs> okay, sounds good. All right, and uh, Paul, we're going to let you get into your uh, your biography a little bit later on, but let's just have it said that Paul uh, has a company called Live on Purpose, where basically he has amazing skills and techniques for parents on how they can get along better with their kids on people on how they get along better together and all around just some powerful stuff and you know what i have to admit one of the things is vicky you're a speech pathologist is that correct yes it is okay i know nothing about what you're talking about and all of a sudden i'm really worried about the way i'm going to pronounce any word today (laughs) so uh please i hope i'm not going to be you'll be just fine all right you know, I, I grew up with an with an R issue. I couldn't pronounce my R's as a kid, and uh, it's one of the biggest challenges in my life. And kids making fun of me and me being, you know, me saying mustard instead of mustard. And yep. so I have a little bit of affinity. If that's anywhere in the speech realm of people, I, I have a little bit of affinity because I remember my teacher who taught me how to pronounce my R's, and I to to this day thank her for that. So. Okay. Awesome. Well, th- welcome to the show, both of you. We appreciate you being here. This is going to be a fun half hour for all of our listeners. And, you know, entrepreneurship happens in all shapes and sizes, does it not? It does. True. And having both of you on here is going to be a, a great help for so many of our listeners. So I'm excited to have you on here. But before we get started, I just want you to give us a quick intro about yourself. How did you guys meet? How did the, the Jenkins legacy begin? <laughs> you want to take this one, Vicky? <laughs> well, we we both served um, missions, uh, religious missions for our church, LDS missions in Finland, and so we first met at a zone conference way up north in Oulu, Finland. Mm. And uh, we didn't ever serve together, but then when we came back to BYU, we recognized one each one another, and we we met in the library of all places. 
again and just kind of struck up a conversation. And before long, we found out that we enjoyed each other's company a lot. <laughs> Is that how you remember it too, Paul? That's pretty darn close. <laughs> it was actually Korea. But, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we met in Finland. And what a fun thing that has been for us because we share that language and affinity for that culture. We have a lot of friends, common friends in Finland. Uh, we still keep up our Finnish language together. It's been a really neat part of the glue, really, that uh, has been part of our relationship through the years. Wow, that's awesome. And and Paul, I'm so glad you said that about you have a common language. One of the things that is prevalent with the people that I talk with and especially all the entrepreneurs that are listening is as an entrepreneur, there's a different language you have to speak and you have to understand. When you're speaking to people who are, you know, corporate people versus entrepreneurs, it is like talking two different languages. And Absolutely. as as a couple, it's a different language to talk to people who they don't understand the journey of an entrepreneur, especially being married. And I would even suggest that there is a different language for people who are married entrepreneurs versus single entrepreneurs because uh, it's the difference so. in responsibility. So I really appreciate you you saying that. Now, I always like to start off the show by getting a little bit more about the two of you. Tell us about the two of you, your passions, your excitement. Just get personal with it for a moment. Hmm. I've, I've chosen a line of work that I love. And this is something that I counsel with people about all the time because they, there's this constant dilemma. What do I do with my life, with my time? I think the sweet spot is when you do what you love for those who love what you do. And I discovered during this mission that I served in Finland that I had a real passion for having conversations with people about principles that make a meaningful, lasting difference in their life. I, I actually started, you know, as a chemical engineering major. That yeah. took a left turn somewhere. That Well, yeah. <laughs> I was really good in the sciences and math, you know, through high school, got really good grades. I was this academic kid. And uh, so... I sort of launched into that when I went to school with, with no real appreciation or idea for where my passion was, where my, my unique abilities lie. And so there's a whole process that we as entrepreneurs go through to identify what is that unique spot that we get to occupy in this earth. And, and then how do we put that together to create some kind of an economic engine for it? Yeah. That probably in a nutshell is entrepreneurialism from Dr. Paul's perspective. But okay. that's what I do. I, I love to save and enrich key relationships and to have the kinds of uh, conversations with people that allow that to happen, both here at the office, but also at the front of the room from the speaker's podium. I'm just finishing my book, which is coming out in a few weeks. Um, there's a lot of formats that I do that, but that is the passion that drives me. And that has also helped to define our relationship quite a bit because it's what I do. Right. So, and Vicki can speak better about uh, how that impacts and affects her as far as my profession, but she 
is an amazing, talented person in so many ways that that go beyond anything that I can even imagine. So we both have these skills and abilities and, and attributes that drive us in different directions. We are very different. And thank heavens for that. <laughs> right? The good, the We're yin and the yang. Exactly saying one of us is unnecessary. <laughs> so I'll be quiet for a minute, Vicki, and let you take that for a second. Well, I, I'm not sure what you want me to say. Just a little I, bit about you and, and, and go a little well, bit more on the personal side. Like we, we're going to go into the business side, but tell us like, do you love to horseback ride? Uh, are you ballet dancer? I don't know. Like give us that, that world. All of the above so far. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, I, I, um, I loved, I loved schooling and everything too. And so I, I was passionate about getting a degree and I ended up kind of falling into being a speech language pathologist. I just sort of fell into that and it turned out to be a really good fit for me. Mm. And, um, it, on the side I've teach, I've, uh, played piano since I was a little girl. I can't remember not knowing how to read music. So I, I do a lot nice. with singing and piano. And so I kind of taught my own piano lessons for about 25 years. So I guess in a way I was an entrepreneur as well that way. Uh, but I've, but I've, uh, currently I'm not teaching cause I was, I've gone to more speech therapy now doing a little more of that. So very nice. Okay. So I love the saying, man plans and God laughs. So mm -hmm. tell us a situation and bring us right down to that moment in your guy's life where you planned and you knew it was moving forward. And then all of a sudden God said, ha, not so much. <laughs> Which one do you want? Either one. You know what? These happen all the time. Mm -hmm. These experiences, it is part of life. It comes up. And Vicki, by the way, did not give you all the details because she's also an amazing fact finder. Oh. She researches the heck out of anything. We can be watching a show and we'll see somebody. Now, who is that person in? She's got it up on her phone within seconds <laughs> uh, to see. She runs the books for my business. She's, she's very detail oriented. There's a whole piece of that that we'll probably come back into. Mm -hmm. but when you talk about surprise, I was uh, I was remembering a line from a movie that Vicky and I watched together once. It's called Dan in Real Life. Yes. And he said that we're doing a disservice to our kids. We really should teach them, if anything else, we should teach them to expect to be surprised and not to be too tipped over by that. This is part of how, how we roll here on Earth. Mm -hmm. So to expect to be surprised, and we've had a number of those. So give us one. Give us one moment where you're like, wow, didn't see that. Even though you know this, even though it's it's knowledge, stuff you probably teach to people on a daily basis, that kind of, you know, dog moment of, hmm? like, how'd that happen? I'm trying to think of one, just specific ones. Like, I, I mean, it, mm -hmm. happens, it happens so often, I can't well, think of a specific. Paul got one. If we take the obvious ones. I started in chemical engineering. Already shared that with right. you. And then, boom, surprise. Guess what? We're going a different direction. It happened again as we were thinking about graduate school because you get a degree. You get a bachelor's degree in psychology. What are you going to do with that? Sell used cars? <laughs> that was an option. You got to have an advanced degree if you want to go very far in psychology. Right. Um, 
and and I was still considering, well, maybe medical school, maybe this, maybe that. But so there's surprises all the way along. And there was another one oh, six or seven years ago as we're cruising along, making some adjustments in our business. And suddenly the bottom fell out of several investments that we had. Economically, we're in a position where we had to say, okay, we were planning on going this direction. Surprise. Let's go a different direction. Completely restructured our business, our fee structures, everything. So it happens all the time. And I think that the sooner we get used to, okay, surprise is coming. Gear up for it. Be ready for it because it's coming. And don't see it as a bad thing. Just see it as the next challenge, the next opportunity. And you can learn a lot from those things. But sometimes it leaves you reeling a little bit. So would, you, so would you say that the way to deal with knowing that that's happening is just that expecting it to happen and being willing to pivot or adjust? Right, and not seeing it as a bad thing. Psychologically, this is huge because it, it affects the energy with which you will move forward from that point. Right. And if you're cowering in a corner or curled up in fetal position and and thinking, oh, this is terrible, horrible, no good, very bad, oh my gosh, we've been totally defeated, it sucks the energy out of you and then there you lie. I love that idea of not cowering in a, in a corner and I think that everybody can relate to, you know, you have a choice in that moment to either, you know, this is to realize that this is just refining you and, and making you stronger and sharpening your saw or you're just going to back off and and not let the experience fully happen by using that as the next step. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very powerful. Very good. Okay, so Vicky, I want to ask you this question. What's the toughest part about being married to an entrepreneur? Well, I can only say my part, my part. Right. That I'm a fact finder. I like detail. I love seeing the whole road before I step out onto it. Which is totally what entrepreneur is about. I mean, we know exactly what's going to happen at the yeah. end. So probably the biggest challenge for me is um, working with Paul in his dreams without squelching him and still asking my questions about, you know, I, I, need, I have to have a certain amount of security in what's going to happen next without squelching his dreams be- mm. because he's a dreamer. That's a really important part of entrepreneurship is is being a dreamer. Sure. I do think one of the big things that happens with entrepreneurship, though, is you get people who are really good at whatever they love, their passion, but they don't know that much about the details of business. Mm. And it's a real trick. That's where I think a lot of entrepreneurs fail is they don't have the detail mind for for a lot of the just the stuff that has to be done to keep a business going. And so I think that's one reason that we actually work pretty well together is I'm kind of that detail-oriented person. But I have to sometimes be really careful because I can get very scared because to me security looks different than what Paul's security looks. And we have to find a meeting place for them. So, Paul, then I'm going to ask you this. When there is the moment where you are – you have a dream, you have a picture, you have a desire, and you bring that to Vicky, and you're excited and ready to go and – she starts pelting you with questions about the how and the when and the why and the this and the that. And all of a sudden your dream starts shrinking a little bit like, dude, I, I'm feeling a little suffocated here. 
how do you then proceed? Do you just say, you know what? I appreciate that. I love you. I love that you're asking these questions and I'm moving forward. Or do you doubt yourself? What do you do? Mm. That has been a learning process as well. Because it is so tempting in that moment to think, oh, she doesn't believe in me. She doesn't believe in my dream and my vision and how I'm going to save the world. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I used to go there fairly quickly mm. and just kind of feel defeated, deflated, depressed. I have learned, though, that her set of skills is so uniquely matched to mine. And I can't do this without her. Right. It is a teamwork that requires the perception and skills that both of us have to move forward. And we're still figuring that out. I think it's a, a continual process. It, it's a process, not an event. Right. That you figure these things out. I, uh, I believe and I hope that all the listeners understand that when your spouse, whether it be your husband or your wife, whoever is the one asking the questions, deep down they're asking it out of love. They're asking it out of love yeah. for you, for them, and for what they see your passion is. And so if you can just focus on that, then it makes it a little bit easier to get through and you don't jump to the anger or the frustration of it. Well, and I think um, – I'm just going to add one other thing. I think it's yeah. important to have those conversations about how to have the conversations when there's no emotion involved in it. Yes. Because um, there, there are times he, he's come to <laughs> me and said – um, I didn't realize that my question asking felt help, ha, had the effect it did on him. And so he, out of the, out of, when we're out of the situation, he would talk to me and say, you know, when you ask me those questions, I know they're important questions that have to be asked. Just, you know, let's talk about them this way so that I can ha process them as well. And that way we both get processed the part that we both need. Right. So, so I think it's important to have a conversation about conversations, business mm -hmm. conversations, when you're out of the emotions of it at times. Absolutely. Meeting each other at where you are as opposed to expecting them to be come up to your level or down to your level. Being able to say, hey, let's have a conversation about how we can really have this and being able to go to your spouse and say, you know, when you say it like this, it makes me feel like this and I don't want to feel that way. How can we have a good conversation about this and both get out of it what we need? You right. get the security, you get the... Go forth and conquer, you know, feeling. Mm -hmm. All right. So tell me this. What was the biggest lie you were told or you believed about marriage? Why? I, 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 I don't know what that one is. You know what? The, everybody said the first year was going to be difficult and it wasn't for us. Mm. That was That was a... I didn't, I thought it was going to be really hard, but it wasn't. We were really compatible. I think year seven was a little harder. And I think that that's probably the biggest lie is people expecting, expecting it to be hard. It doesn't really have to be super hard. Agreed. No, I love that. I love that. I always say, you know, marriage, if, 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 if when dating, everybody is always saying to you, oh, go have fun, have a good time, get to know each other, have a good time. And then all of a sudden you say, hey, we want to get married. And everybody goes, oh. It's a lot of hard work. Like, <laughs> like, why sign up for that? It's like, that's no fun. 
But it, it is work. But like you said, it doesn't have to be hard. And I think we as a collective consciousness as a society say, oh, it's hard. Yeah. So we then make it hard. So, Paul, what were you going to say? Similar, actually, to what you just said, Dean, of the it is work, but it doesn't have to be hard. That just depends on your perception. And and work really is one of those principles that as we understand it, it, it doesn't have to be scary. It's just like surprise. Uh, yeah, it's work. Okay. And when you think about it, work is required to, to move to a higher place. Elevation requires effort. Mm. And light requires power. These are analogies that help us to see that, okay, we want to go to a higher place. Of course it's going to take work. Default is always downhill. Right. When you take off the brakes, the car's just going to run right down that hillside. So, yeah, it's going to be work, but that's not bad news. So get to work and keep it moving forward. It does require maintenance, and it does require effort, and it does require intention. All good things. Sorry, edit that out. Elevation requires work. Good. That's that's awesome. I love that. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, I got a bug all of a sudden. Mm. All right, tell us. What's your favorite part about being married to or being an entrepreneur? My favorite part is the freedom. Now, we had a little mention earlier about security. And, and, and I like being safe. But security, in my mind, sometimes goes contrary to freedom. And this was brought to my attention so clearly when I was doing an internship at the state prison. And where are you when you achieve maximum security? That's a compelling wow, image. Wow, that's really, I never thought about that. So security and freedom are not necessarily the same thing. We have to manage risk, though. And... The thrill that I get in seeking freedom and possibilities and opportunities and dreams has to be moderated through managing the risk. And Vicki is really, really good at that piece. She wants freedom too. But it's if you picture us going down this, this uh, country road on a hillside and I just want to get the speed up and feel the thrill of going down this road. And Vicki's like, hey, let's not run this thing off of the edge because that wouldn't be fun. Um, It's that balance of enjoying the ride while you make sure that you're putting up proper guide posts and and guardrails and applying the brakes when you need to and making sure you anticipate what's coming enough that you can negotiate the turns. Mm. So to me, that feels like an adventure. To other people, it feels like terror. And That's right. I'm afraid I've exposed Vicky to some terror rides in the past. <laughs> very, very good. Okay. So, Vicky, what would be, um, I'd like to ask you to kind of extract from what Paul just said, what would be a takeaway that everybody can take from what he just said about that? Well, um, I don't know. That's kind of a hard question. 
just basically that we need to um, keep focused on what it is. You know, there's something that, that really caught me one day. A friend said, well, I know that our dream is the same. The way we go about it is sometimes differently different. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the biggest thing is just remembering that your dream is the same and the way you're going to get there because you're two unique individuals is going to be just a little bit different. Right. And and I think remembering that it's the same dream, the same motivation, his desire for success and my desire for success are the same. The success of the marriage, success of the family, success of the business, we both want it to succeed. Right, and, and you don't have to fight about it. I mean, you can just discuss the differences of the way you see it, but the ultimate goal is the same. The goal is the same. The path that you take might be a little different. And yeah. I think that would help out so many people with the idea, and you hear often the we grew apart, you know, excuse. Yeah. You know, the goal, just keep the goal the same. You can go do your thing. You can be a speech pathologist. You can be a psychotherapist. You can do the things that you want to do and just know that the goal is here. You can be a planner. You can be a dreamer, but the goal is the same. Yeah. That's very, very powerful. Very good. Okay. How do you both separate your business life with your married life? It can be well, intertwined. We all know, right? We all feel like, like, how do we not bring it home? <laughs> well, I think one of the things. Right. Sorry, Dino, or Vicky, I just spoke over you, but uh, go ahead. quick acknowledgement that that what we do is so intertwined into our relationship. <coughs> Excuse me, now I'm getting the, You're getting the same bug I am. <laughs> the, the different things that need to happen for us to succeed in business are handled by me in some ways. And they are handled by Vicky in other ways. And we we can't do what each other is doing, not effectively. Right. So your question is a valid one, though, because you want all of the conversations about, about billing and accounts receivable and where we're going to go with the new product development to sneak into the bedroom or to be uh, as we're sitting across dinner. So you have to have times when you clear all of that away and just enjoy each other separate from the business. Uh, one of my coaches called this free time where you, you completely detach from the business. And that's even harder today in the day of smartphones and mm -hmm. you've constantly got connectivity uh, through wireless and, and other things. So, Vicki, you had some thoughts about that, too. Well, I was just going to say, it's almost the same thing, but, but rather than scheduling even the free time, I think you need to schedule the time to talk about the business. You know, we've started doing administration Smart. meetings because um, then I can write down all the questions I want to ask, but they're not coming fired at the time of the dream right. being talked about. They're the time that we're handling it. Or we can, you know, just make a list of things that we need to call instead of when he gets home from work and he's just served, you know, he's just done an eight-hour shift. And I say, did you call so-and-so? It feels frustrating. But at the admin meeting, I say, have you contacted so-and-so? It just feels different. Absolutely. It's interesting. That's a theme that's come up with with many of our successful guests has been, look, we schedule the time to talk about the things that need to be talked about so that we can live life in, in, the, rest in, in the rest of it. Yeah. And, and what power that is and being able to say, hey, and one of the things that I believe it does for everyone is, 
it takes out. If you have a schedule time, hey, this is business time we're going to talk about. It, you have a schedule time for that. It takes out the emotion of the, like you said, he walks in the door after the eight-hour shift. It can sound like an accusation as yeah. opposed to a question. And that makes a huge difference. And Paul, I want to touch on what you said about dinner conversation. I'm sure you've had the situation where we have too, once in your life where you kind of wake up when your kids go, can we not talk about business today? Or can we <laughs> not talk about business right now? And you're like, oh, okay, we're talking about too much. <laughs> so right. that's awesome. Okay, so when it comes to those decisions about business, like it or not, you're both in the business together in some way or another. How do you go about making the decisions that need to be made for business? What's the conversation there? How do you guys discuss that? You kind of settle into a pattern. It's important, I think, to see what the pattern is because it, it's good to question it sometimes as well. Um, I think what we have settled into is an understanding of where my strengths lie and where Vicky's strengths lie. Mm -hmm. And I am not going to make a decision about a billing issue, for example, and how the procedures happen with our bookkeeping. I would mess it up. Mm -hmm. I would make it worse. And, and I have learned that, while I can get amazing input and feedback and guidance from Vicki, it's not up to her to decide what direction we're going to go with a new product, for example, right. or, or what clients I will pursue for my next speaking engagement. Um, those are things I need to follow my entrepreneurial gut and, and the resources that I have for it. So a lot of it we settle into, but I like what Vicki said earlier, too. Have conversations about mm. it. Mm. Make it a topic. Bring that to the table and discuss, okay, who's going to do what? And how do we resolve these things when they come up? Understanding the rules and responsibilities and being okay with them being that area. Mm -hmm. Okay with the HR departments, the HR department, the billing departments, the billing department, the, the director is the director. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Does that roll over into your personal life and your family life as well, because I know that there are definitely people who are better at discipline and some people who are better at, you know, uh, success celebration. You know, there's the different type of parenting that if you can realize who you are and you work together on that, does that work as well in your marriage the same way? Yeah, you kind of remind me. I remember one time we went to a doctor's appointment and my husband started filling out the medical history for my daughter. And I just looked at him like, really? <laughs> I don't even know. And just, it was just, it was hilarious because, you know, there are definitely some things that I just generally take care of because right. of the detail nature of my, <laughs> my being. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very good. So what is, when it comes to intersecting the business and your marriage together, what's your must live by tip? We talked about uh, the, the having conversations about conversations, but what's something that you're like, man, you have to make sure you do this besides the meetings. What's another one? The first thing that came to my mind, Dino, mm -hmm. is being clear about the priority of, of our key relationships. There is nothing about this business that is as important as this relationship. Hmm. And 
there are very few conflicts when we keep that in line. Absolutely. Because like, Vic, like Vicky said earlier, we really want the same thing. Ultimately, we have the same success goal. And that has to do with happiness and connectivity and love within our home and our family. And that's really what we're all about. As long as that stays as a priority, we can work out all kinds of other details. Nice. I would say that that's it, to to keep that relationship as the priority. Would you agree with that, Vicki, or you have something else to add? I do. But the other thing I would add is just not because I'm a speech language pathologist, but I just think just really be aware of the language that you use with each other at all times. I just think that's so key. Some people just are so mean to the people that are most important to them. And I just think it's so important to be, if you ever have to err, err on the the side of kindness. Err on the side of kindness. That's great. You know, um, language is power. There's yeah. so much power in language. Just, just the the two words of "I do" put two people together in this thing we call marriage, right? I mean, there is such power in language that when we're not aware of it and we're not conscious about it and really meaningful about it in our relationships, it can cause so much pain. I used yeah. to talk about how you know you talk differently on a job construction site than you do in a lawyer's office. So your home should also have a different language about it too. So thank you for saying that. That's that's beautiful. All right. <clears throat> How do you guys keep your romance alive? <laughs> we have always tried to be consistent about having time together. This is part of the maintenance that we talked about earlier. We, mm-hmm. we have a regular date. It's not as regular as we want it to be. Mm-hmm. I'm going to acknowledge that we're not perfect about that either. But we expect and anticipate that we're going to be spending time together at least once a week for a date. And sometimes we'll go out and do something. We get tickets to the theater so that we have you know, a prearranged date for the whole season. Um, we, we anticipate that we'll spend that time together. And I think that, that has been huge. We've also made it a practice to connect with each other every day, morning and night. Uh, we hold a prayer together as a couple um, twice a day. And uh, I, those little connections make a difference. Sure. Absolutely. What mm. else, Vic? Um, I know it's, it sounds kind of corny, but I think it's important to just touch. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's corny at all. I think it's it's where touch starves society, and yeah. especially between our couples. I actually uh, did a a video just a few weeks ago about how a survey was done. A gentleman had done a survey about non sexual touch between couples and how it actually connects the two uh, couples together to eventually want them to have sex. Obviously, but. The one thing, the highest rated thing that women said they wanted in the survey. 75% of women said, if he would just touch me as he walked by me, just in a nice, soft fashion, not grabbing my butt or anything, but just touched me. That was the desire of 75% of women that were surveyed. So awesome for bringing that up. Thank you, Vicki. That's great. Okay, now's the time, Paul. Need to find out what's the difference between a psychologist, and I think I actually, even in this interview, called you a psychotherapist. What's the difference? 
How are you not dealing with us crazy people? <laughs> Psychotherapy sounds like therapy for psychos. Yeah, that's true. And who wants to sign up for that? Now, in Japanese, the word psycho means awesome. So if you want to twi twist it a little bit, that's okay. But Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. You know, the main difference is in focus. Hmm. I, I have a positive psychology practice. If you think of, of all of your psychology, your relationships, your mental health on a spectrum, and clear over here on the left end of the spectrum is the sick end, mm -hmm. I'm focused on the other end. Oh, nice. Very, very um, cool. So no diagnoses. You don't have to be broken. You're not sick. We all have issues. Right. We all have issues. That's part of life. Welcome to earth. That's how we roll here. Right. Um, so we apply principles to address the issues that we're facing, um, continue to work forward and, and create an upgrade to what is. Awesome. Very, very good. Okay. So I'm going to ask you to end. This is my favorite part of the, uh, of the show is I get to ask you some not so random questions that you get to answer very short, concise, and just kind of blow our minds with your answers. You ready for that? I hope he is. <laughs> All right. So when I was a kid, I had the couple that was the cannons. That was their name. And to me, they were the epitome of love. Every time I saw them, they were holding hands. They were kissing each other when they said goodbye to each other, even in church, which was like mind blowing that people would kiss in church. They were the brand of love to me. If you were a brand, what would your brand be? And if you have a slogan, what would that be? You're going to have to take this one, Paul. I have no idea. The slogan came pretty quickly to me. It's joy in the journey. Ooh, that's a good one. Joy in the journey. Okay. Joy in the journey because we're going to have surprises. We're going to have hard times, but let's experience joy while we're at it. Yeah, absolutely. Not, not just despite the challenge, but sometimes because of them. So when I'm on the outside, if I'm somebody just who just meets you guys or I know of you, what do I think of you two together? Are you the funny couple? Are you the, the adventurous couple? Are you the never-together couple? What are you? You got this one, Vic? No, I don't. <laughs> Good. I'm, I'm stumping you. This is great. I would, I would, this, this sounds so boring, but I think we're the kind of get-it-done couple. No. Nah. That's awesome. So what that means is people know that if they need to get stuff done, they're calling Jenkins. Yeah. I need yeah. help. I need help in a move. I need help with my kids. I don't understand how to do this. Let's call the Jenkins. That I think is a, an amazing brand that is so necessary. So good. All right. Go-to couple. The go-to couple. All right. Independent of your spouse. What is your most important luxury or indulgence that you give to yourself? Probably me is, is reading or music. Ah, nice. Yeah. That's good. The, the two that came to my mind is sauna. Pronounced sauna in America, but it's a oh. Finnish word, you know. So okay, so sauna. Okay, sauna. We built our own sauna in our yard, and I frequently go indulge in two hundred plus degrees with steam. Nice. It's awesome. It melts away stress. And the other one that I thought of is golf. I really enjoy a game of golf. Mm. 
Good, good. I think it's so important to continually fill our own cup so we can come to the table with the best stuff with our spouses and, and everything else we do. So great. What is your favorite book or resource that helps you in your business? Wow. Favorite book. I do a podcast as well, as mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Many of the people that I interview are authors. Mm-hmm. And I'm always very enthusiastic about what I'm currently reading. Great. So there's been a lot of them. Thought leaders who, who are focused on principles and sharing their experience in a way that creates possibilities for other people. And there's so many of them out there. So many. So what's a current one that our, our readers can, our listeners can look up? Um, one of the recent ones that I read was uh, Chris Crone's The Con- Conscious Creator. Mm. Uh, Chris did a nice job with that book. It was co-authored by my friend Stephen Palmer. Very and good. It's all about identifying your passion and your, your unique abilities and then moving forward with that in an entrepreneurial style. One. Very good. Okay, good. And that that book and uh, all the other resources we're talking about are going to be on the show notes page too. So we'll make sure we put a link to that. Vicky, what about you? Well, it's funny because I often don't think of myself as the entrepreneur because I just do the detail part of the business. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> just just the details. You know, it, you you've asked me kind of a funny questions. What one of the things I just really enjoy doing, and so it's not any particular book. I love stuff like from Wayne Dyer. Oh, that nice! Puts you in the right mental state mm-hmm. to to attack and achieve whatever you want to achieve. And I also, I because of my fact finder, I love listening to NPR podcasts from uh, the TED Talks because people have such great ideas out there and how they're taking their ideas and making them work. So I love listening to that sort of thing. And good stuff. Love TED Talks. Uh, Shannon and I were were blessed enough to be able to do a TED Talk X here locally and really? just a, a great, um, great source, source of inspiration and, like you said, new ideas. So what is your ideal day with your spouse? Mm-hmm. It's ahead, just, for, me, it's, for me, it's just hanging out and doing things, going on activities, like uh, maybe going on a hike together, a bike ride or something, just being together. I, I'm not as into where we would go just as long as we are going. We It's pretty pathetic. We like to go to Costco on Saturday and see all the people. <laughs> and people watch. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, well, we're getting stuff done, too. Yeah. That's awesome. Very good. Okay. Uh, Paul, do you have one or? Well, I was just going to agree with that. In fact, our last two retreats, we just went out, we went hiking, we just spent time together. That is the key for us is just having that quality time together. It doesn't even matter where we are or really what we're doing. Nice. What is your superpower? Hmm. My superpower is being able to see the positive in everything. Wow. That's really a great power. Vicki? It's probably finding detail. I know that sounds so pathetic. <laughs> You're the detail finder. I'm the detail. To you, to you it comes easy. That's why it sounds pathetic. No, I'm going to change that to curiosity. I'm very curious about oh. this. I think curiosity is a good power. Nice. That is a good power. Very good. Okay. Very helpful in parenting because if there's anything that seems off, be curious. 
you usually need to find out what's going on. Great advice. That's really good. Absolutely. All right. Well, speaking of advice, and I know that you give a lot of marriage advice and people advice, but what's the best piece of advice that you've ever gotten about your marriage? I think it would probably come down to what my recently departed grandmother told me. Hmm. And her husband used to say this all the time, too. Just love each other. <laughs> nice. Just love each other. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Simple uh, we'll, but powerful, too. We'll take that. We'll take that. Very good. Okay, my last question might sound a little bit morbid at first, but stay with me, and, and then we'll say goodbye for now. One common denominator we all have is someday, hopefully in the very, very far future, we all will die. Someone is ultimately going to be asked to give your eulogy, but you've been wise enough to pre-write it for them, to make sure you could tell everybody what you wanted to say. Who is it that you ask to give your eulogy, and what do you write as your most important lesson in life? I'm going to go back to what I already said. I said, I think err on the side of kindness I don't know anyone who is sorry they were kind, but they I know a lot of people that regret that they weren't kinder. So that would be mine, but I don't know who I'd want it to say it. Err on the side of kindness. Err on the side of kindness whenever Beautiful. possible. Beautiful. All right, Paul. Okay, Dino, will you do mine for me? Sure. Okay, so I'll pick you to do the eulogy. Okay. And I want you to be really clear with people that happiness is a choice that would be happiness is a choice isn't that the truth every day all day you get to choose happiness mm -hmm. beautiful awesome okay so as we say goodbye paul how can people get to know you how they can define you uh vicky do you have uh, uh anything else on the side too let us know how we can connect with you best and then we'll say goodbye Probably the best way is the website, drpauljenkins.com. Mm -hmm. So that's spelled with a D-R, paujenkins.com. Mm -hmm. And uh, through the website, we connect to everything else, the podcast, the YouTube station. Um, that's the place. Perfect. So the, and we'll definitely be putting a link up on the show notes uh, for that too, so you can get right to it. And what about you, Vicki? Probably just through there. I'm sure you could get reach me through there. I don't have a blog of my own, so yet, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to try start start one as joyful notes, but I think it was already taken. You could go then then go at joyful nodes to have the voice part. There you too. go. Hey. Ah. Look at that. All right, you guys, thank you so much for being a part of our show. I know our audience appreciates it. And, and, and uh, everybody out there, you can connect with them through the links on the show notes page as well as what you just heard here. And uh, we wish you the best. We thank you for all of your time and your knowledge. And we really appreciate all that you have done for us. Have a great day and we'll see you next time. There you have it. Another great episode of The Business of Marriage, Marriage Advice for Entrepreneurs. Thanks for joining us here, and don't forget to visit us on our website at thebizofmarriage.com or dinowatt.com for more great advice that can help you in both your business and your marriage.